This is Kim Bartkus with the HR Open Standards Consortium. As many of you know, a lot of our implementers use standards for simplifying integrations between systems. But today we get to hear about another business case. Ray Diaz is a certified data analyst and architect for JM Family Enterprise, and he's going to talk about how they use HR Open as a canonical data model for their PMO. Welcome, Ray. Hi, great to speak with you, Kim. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. I hope you're doing well, too. Ray, I had some questions for you, so I thought we'd just jump right in. I know the audience would be interested in hearing a little bit about your experience with human resources and the HR Open standards. Sure. So we had a project called HR Remediation, and our view was to upgrade what many other organizations have, point-to-point communications between multiple systems. And as most of everyone hearing this knows, the HR, human resources, the persons tend to be integrated with almost every downline system. And so we wanted to modernize our infrastructure for data transformation. And that included using, if we could find a canonical model for HR, and that we could use an API gateway, an API method, instead of some data files and other types of integrations that people do. And so since we started down this path, I did some investigation and found the HR Open Standards And it was really refreshing to see that a global community had gotten together and said, hey, we have names for these data elements and we have definitions. And then even amazingly, data values for some of the fields like marital status. So it it was uh, really good to begin to analyze it and say, would this be a positive thing for our project? And the conclusion was, instead of creating our own data model from scratch for our company, By using this uh, open standards, HR open standards from the global community just made so much sense to us uh, that I started implementing it. And we started by using it to map existing integrations to our core HR system. And then it ended up flowing into becoming a business glossary. And I think this is a really key thing that some people may not be realizing, which is why I'm on this call, is you can use the HR open standards canonical data model. We decided to go with XML first because it's more verbose and it has a hierarchy to it. But we used it to be able to say, now we have a term that everyone agrees to, and this is the definition, and then allowed our business team to decide if they wanted to change the definition a little bit but it began a common language, which is what a canonical data model is. It is a common language across the enterprise for HR, which happens to be our most important asset. Great. A lot of people have mentioned our terminology. One of the benefits of the standard is having consistent terms defined within a use case or a specific context. If you think of start date, that could mean something different for benefits enrollment compared to recruiting. Even within a specific domain, it might mean something different, such as the date the person starts receiving a pay or possibly the date they're expected to report to work. So the work groups make sure everyone agrees with the meaning of the properties and how they relate to each other. Yeah, what we found was that it's beneficial in these other ways. And these are all opportunities that our members can really embrace that we're all in meetings discussing about the HR domain, and we spend a lot of time re-discussing what these terms mean, 
especially when you get to any technical metadata in a system. So this application has these terms. We're always talking back and forth about terms and trying to understand each other. Also, we found that it saves a lot of money uh, when you're talking about integrating with systems that everyone's on the same page of what we're going to send. So our view was to use the canonical data model to come out of an API gateway, and I'll talk a bit more about that, that when someone made a request for their system, their application to use HR data, it would always have the same column or data element names, and it would mean the same because the published glossary is out there. And then every application that can consume it directly would, and if not, they would write a little translation program that would write that integration to what that system, which may be even a legacy system, could understand. But now we have this one common bit of knowledge of data that when you request data, you receive a very standardized message. And an XML or a JSON is a message that contains data from your system in this very formatted, organized way that now we could publish and say, this is what it means. So even humans can look at both of those messages and make sense of what it means without the old days of looking at all these column headings from all these different systems and trying to map them and understand them. So from a, a standpoint of project integration, application integration, it saves a lot of money. Now, the other thing we learned in this is that having an API gateway, which is also a method of all the systems today are starting to go getting away from sending flat files and Excel files and CSV files and trying to read them and integrate them because they're not secure. But an API is a black box in a gateway where you request through a web service and it returns back this data. So even security by using your model within that technical environment of an API, you can shield a lot of the information, which as we all know, HR is a very, should be a very guarded PII type data set. Uh, so we found that even from that perspective, it was very valuable. So what started as just finding, you know, an industry model ended up providing a lot of benefits all through the project. And we're now implemented in production and we're finding a lot of benefits in doing that. That's great. I did want to mention our 4.x data privacy standards, which are available at the top level of every one of our nouns. This component provides info on who has access, what type of access, and how long that access has been granted. I know you implemented the 3.x standards, which didn't have this new content. Were there other features within HR Open that helped with data governance and data security? Yeah. So what it did was it started this idea that I could use the standard to create this glossary and then we could tie the message. So the business glossary has the term like person ID. It has the definition of what person ID is. And then I could actually connect it to what the message in either JSON or XML, that little piece of the data element looks like. And then we could link it as part of governance to the applications that use it and say, well, this maps to another application, let's say core HR could say it's MPID. So part of that governance became a way of disseminating information, linking these systems. And then for data security, uh, we created data classifications off of this due governance, which is a framework and a process. We created to the glossary 
a matrix that said certain data elements, like for example, person legal ID is social security for us, is one of the most highly guarded, restricted data elements in HR. Well, now besides everyone knowing about it, we've put these data classifications saying this is restricted. No one can get it without high-level approvals. It is highly sensitive. And so you can disseminate information of data security so that people building systems, people modifying systems, and people requesting data can all be on the same page of what the governance provides and links to security and say, we need to guard this. We need to have a very specific way of dealing with that data. Before, it was hard to do those things, to link all these things together. But using the standard to create the glossary, to govern it, and then branch out to things like security was, in my mind, a win-win. Data privacy has definitely been at the top of everyone's mind recently, especially with GDPR in Europe and many of the U.S. states adopting strict data privacy laws. You mentioned a win-win for your company. Was there something from a business perspective that you saw benefiting your organization? Specifically, that people and applications are not getting data that they may in the past that now is considered because of regulatory. So as we know, there's a lot of regulatory laws out right now, like CCPA, GDPR, many compliance standards that are out there. And now this gives us a way to say, hey, some of these data elements are governed by these compliance, and now we can track them. There's also the way of knowing who's, you know, we can get into data sharing agreements. And when someone asks for data, we can ask and say, oh, this is restricted and highly sensitive. So we're not just going to give that to someone unless they can give an amazing business case and it gets an approval from the right level of data owner to say they can get this. And so it's a level of of security, of control in a positive way. And it reduces risk of not meeting compliance and reduces the risk of not having the most strong security and having someone get something that they shouldn't have. So that is a huge benefit. People don't realize today that data breach is all about the dark web trying to get this kind of data, especially HR data, and using it to sell it and to be able to make money off of it. And by putting the standard with the data governance and data security and aligning it, you're actually protecting your organization, uh, both reputation and financially. That's really important. As you were developing your canonical data model and making these changes, did you have any resistance internally from management or other users of the system? Most of the stuff we, we did was back-end, which is data integration, first level. There will be much, much more going forward. So not so much day-to-day people using an application and seeing it, but we did, as anything else that has to do with change, you know, as a change management issue. So looking at the world differently, uh, realizing that now we need to be more diligent, uh, being more diligent of following a process, uh, making updates and communicating updates that someone wants to get data that they re- before maybe got more freely than they would have in the past. But the benefits also were so amazing that someone could go to a portal and see, hey, it, this is what person ID means. This is what marital status, and these are the values of marital status. So there was some challenge and most of the challenges as most projects are dealing with the changes of people but we were able pretty quickly to show value and I and that's my encouragement to anybody listening is show value soon you know do it in an agile process 
where along the way you're reporting value, they're seeing benefits, and then that will allow you to be proactive of getting folks to say, yeah, I get it. This is, this is fantastic. Thanks. In general, what was your biggest challenge that you had with the integration that you haven't discussed yet? I would say the first one was even trying to sell the HR open standards as a reference to do what we needed to do. Uh, most companies that do canonical data models, they come up with their own. And so it was new to believe I needed to, to sell the idea to say, look, we have a lot of knowledge in our organization and we have a lot of capabilities. But when you go out to a global community, you're bringing in the best practices and knowledge base of hundreds and potentially thousands of organizations that have agreed to decide that this is what these elements mean, this is what they should be called, and these are some of the values that should represent those data elements. And so it took a little bit of while to warm that this is what we should do. And then once I got past that, people were all for it. And then not everyone had understanding because you have to be more of a data architect from the implementation. So we always looked at this. This is a business. HR open standard and the canonical data model should be a business project. Just us people that are both business and technical have to help do the physical implementation of integrating systems and things. So once business people get it, that this is a ubiquitous language that can be shared, and even with outside vendors, that in the future, as more vendors upgrade their systems, that you could potentially plug and play and get an HR-related systems in a data domain of HR that already has all these data elements and already have APIs. It just makes integration so much cheaper, so much quicker, so much better. Both of those items you brought up are interesting. I was on a call earlier today, and one of the people mentioned the shared experiences that everybody's had. So rather than just yourself or a small team, you get the benefit of hundreds of years of combined experience. Plus, our teams are international, which gives us a really strong knowledge base. The other thing you mentioned was the resource skills of an implementation project. You talked about the need to have business and technical people. It does take a variety of skills, whether it's a practitioner, an analyst, an implementer, or a leader to create the standards. You all have that experience, and you know what's needed in the real world. So it's really a great opportunity for everyone to to work together. Do you have any other recommendations for someone considering integration? I would just say consider organizational change management as a component and do it as I did as part of a kind of a narrow project if you can do it. So let's say you may want to consider integrating one system to another and just doing one to take the time as part of change management to explain the standard, why we're doing it. What are the benefits, how we can cut costs of so much time in meetings, trying to decipher things, uh, having standardized glossary, being able to connect to things like security and governance, uh, sharing more information about this uh, treasure trove of information. So I think by doing that upfront and doing it in a limited project, it opens up the organization. They can absorb the change get the understanding, and then commit to it. And that's one of the things I think you have to commit to use the standard and realize that applications in the future, as they get modernized, will be using the standard and that the benefits are so high, um, there would be no reason not to commit to it. 
that actually ties into what you said earlier. By having one integration and being able to show the benefits of it early, you're going to get that buy-in on the next steps or even on a future project. Found that we have dozens of systems that need information about our people, which is HR. So once you start standardizing that and having a method, a decoupled method of not point to point, but let's say using APIs, which is very secure, it's a black box, it's very controlled. You can't get data out without it being very implicit and authenticated. By doing that, you're really reducing your risk and you're also getting consistency that all these systems that do require to know something about your people is done in a very disciplined manner is a win-win. Thanks. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Any last comments? Uh, Just that I'm excited about it. I thought I was just learning a little bit about a canonical data model and going through some uh, data integrations, and it became a much, much bigger thing. And we're actually going to do a presentation here at our company about it and what we've done. And the idea is to start using this across the enterprise even more, not just HR, but other canonical models in other industries. And this has become a great teaching tool and also just a great way to improve our organization. That's wonderful to hear. I'm glad HR Open was useful in the, direct, in the direction your company moved with the canonical data model. Ray, I want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story about JM Family's unique use of the standards. We hope our audience enjoyed their time with us. There are more resources available on our website, and you can follow us on social media at HR Open Standards. 